Hey, here I am again. Did you miss me? So if you have a Bible, go ahead and get that out. We're going to get to the Scriptures in a minute. Also, we're, if you don't, we're going to have the uh, Scriptures that we read today put up on the screen, I believe. At least that's the idea and the hope that we have today. So I'm very uh, excited about the message today and sharing with you. I'll go ahead right now and give you the title for the lesson today. It's called, Tell Me a Story. And so uh, we love stories, don't we? You know, from the beginning of time, mankind has wanted to tell their story. And so if you go back far enough, even before we learned how to communicate or write or languages, you know, there was the stories were in pictures and they were scribbled on the walls of caves and such as that. And then as man developed this experience, uh, 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 had experiences and they were able to write, they they wrote things down, and of course there was oral traditions and stories that were told in different cultures and were passed on from generation to generation. And so we love stories, and we love stories since we were born. And so, you know, one of the things, if you're a parent here, then you probably have experienced this, is it was traditional in our house, maybe in yours, that, you know, when it was time to go to bed, the, uh, one of the parents would come in and the kids would uh, want to hear a story. Tell me a story. Now, I don't know if they were really interested in the story or just staying up a little longer. But anyway, uh, anyway, we, uh, we told those stories. And there are certain stories that developed that were, have been told over and over again and part of our family and, and I'm sure part of your family as well. And those are great experiences too. So stories are a big part of our life. And, of course, you probably noticed it's just a big part of our world, right? I mean, all the books and the magazines and the movies and the television shows are all reflective of how much we really love stories. Uh, good stories are, are powerful. You know, back in the day, if you go back far enough, uh, you know, you'd get a, a great book. It's a great story. And, you know, you'd say, that book was so good, I just, you know, I stayed up and read it all night long. Uh, nowadays, what you say is, I, I binge-watched on Netflix all night long. Because it's a different world now, right? But it's all about stories. And by the way, if you're having any financial challenges, if you know a good story or you can tell a good story, you can monetize that and make a lot of money. Did you know that? I mean, our whole Hollywood, our whole culture here, our town is built on storytelling, right? People that are good at it. People that know how to do it, turns out they can make a lot of money doing that. A lot of you know the story of J.K. Rowling, don't you? J.K. Rowling from uh, uh, over in, in Britain and England. And a lot of you would know she was a divorced single mother working as a secretary when she came up with the idea for the Harry Potter series. And she wrote these books that many of us even love, right? And so I looked up her net worth, just to encourage you this morning, I looked up her net worth, the former, the divorced, uh, you know, single mother, former secretary, is now worth about $650 million. So uh, you should either write uh, a book, like a series like J.K. Rowling's, or become her friend. Um, if I was her friend, I'd be able to go to the Dodger game, right? I mean, that would be great. But all of this, and, you know, all this, it all reflects something that's, I believe, within all of us, is our love of stories. And so this is what's uh, 
we're going to talk about today, and uh, hopefully in a way that will be practical and helpful to you. Go ahead and look over in Matthew 13, and we're going to put up the scripture on the screen as well. This is from the, uh, the ministry of Jesus, and this is from Matthew's account. You may or may not know there are four different accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. Sometimes we call those the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew wrote this, and actually I have found that for even many of people who know the Bible pretty well, this little two verses that I'm going to share with you and read with you, we're going to read together now, a lot of people have missed it. But it's profoundly important, I believe, for us, and hopefully you'll believe that as we uh, go into it today. So it says, Matthew's account, verse 13, 34, and 35, Jesus had just told, well, as it's recorded in uh, Matthew chapter 13, three different parables. Parables were short stories that Jesus told. Now, when I say short stories, I mean really short. You know, just, you know, a few hundred words short. And so they're, uh, they were, right in 13, there was the, well, you can look at it with me if you have the italics uh, head, headings that I do, the parable of the sower, the parable of the weeds, the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. And then it says this, which I think is so profound. Verse 34, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables, these short stories. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Really, Jesus never gave a sermon. Jesus never gave a message. Jesus never shared his faith without using a story. Interesting. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. And this is from the prophet uh, in, in Psalms. It's there. So it was David or one of the other guys that wrote the Psalms. This fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. This idea that Jesus shared his faith, the truth, the message of God, primarily in stories, short stories, was so important. Not only did he always use stories, but it says it was even prophesied about. I mean, we have the birth of Jesus prophesied about in the Old Testament. And we have a lot of the things that he did were prophesied about in the Old Testament. And his death on the cross was prophesied about in the Old Testament. And his resurrection was prophesied about. In the, that's hard to say over and over again, prophesied. Try it. Anyway, all that prophesied. But did you know it was prophesied? It was such a big deal. It was prophesied before he was ever born, hundreds of years, that Jesus is going to come and he's going to tell stories in parables, and through these stories, truth, significant truth, is going to be revealed and known in a significant, powerful, effective way that never would have been known otherwise, that would have been hidden forever. Don't miss the importance of this. So, what are we doing here? So today been here before, you might know, I just finished up a series of messages on Jesus and motivation. So today we're beginning a new short series. It's uh, going to be, and, and, and there were many giggles in the audience when I said short series, and uh, I get that, shame on you, God curse you. Um, 
but uh, I'm not known for short series. But anyway, intention is to be short, practical series on how to share your faith. So we're going to start that today, and uh, we're going to do that. And so what the, the point today is, and I'll just give you the point right now, is we need to use stories to be our most effective in sharing our faith. Now, you may be visiting here, and if you're not a Christian, you may say, well, what, what do you mean by share your faith, And first of all? And second of all, why would I want to do that? Well, it's an important part of our church history and our church culture is that we don't believe that as Christians we are just here just to absorb all the blessings and reap all the benefits and enjoy ourselves that way, but we also feel compelled, even passionate, about reaching out to other people who may not yet have come to faith or people that may have a weak faith or people that may have a fallen faith or people that just may need help. We want to we make a difference. We want to help people. And so practically, though, the thing that we need to understand today is we need to learn to use stories like Jesus did to help each other find their faith. And so even if you're not a person of faith, or like I said, not even somebody who's following Jesus or interested maybe it's your first time here, then it's important for you to know this about our church. We are a church that is deliberately trying to grow, to find, help other people find faith and increase the faith of the people that we find. You know, I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the Dodgers, uh, I moved here in 1989, my wife and I did, to start what we call the, in the big picture of the Los Angeles Church of Christ. There was 50 of us that moved here. In 1989, we now number over 6,000 in the greater Los Angeles area. And, of course, this is just a small part of the group here that meets in this particular area. But, you know, this is intentional. We want to be effective in sharing our faith, helping each other find, helping other people find their faith. And recently I've had several opportunities to train leaders in our church. And so some of you have maybe even heard this concept recently because you've heard me speak about it in how to be more effective in sharing our faith. And the first point that I make for those leaders, and the first point I make, we need to share more stories. That's a practical thing that we need to do. Stories are powerful. Stories are easier to remember. Stories make God's message more interesting. Can you see that? I mean, the parables of Jesus are much loved by people all over the world even if they don't believe in Jesus. Uh, stories are potentially much more compelling. Stories can touch our hearts. Stories, as we'll talk about as we go along here, can connect us in relationships. And there's actually science behind this. I don't know if you knew this or not. But science tells us that when you tell a story it, it, to somebody and they hear it, it engages more of their brain than just telling them mere facts. Did you know that? And maybe you can even experience that. It's much more interesting to hear a story, isn't it, than just somebody to tell you facts or to give you information. So we want to help people connect, and we want to use stories and, and all of that, and that's one of the reasons that I love the Bible. I don't know if you love the Bible, 
give the Bible, give her, give the Bible a chance, give the Bible a chance. Because the Bible is full of stories. And it starts in Genesis, and you have the story of creation, and you have the story of Adam and Eve, and you have all the stories of those thousands of years as the Jewish nation developed before Jesus, and then you have, and I love Jesus. Why do I love Jesus? There's many reasons I love Jesus, but one of the reasons I love Jesus is because we, hear the, we see the story of Jesus. We see the stories of Jesus' life, we hear the stories that Jesus taught, and it's really what we have right here is God's story. And as somebody said so many years ago, it's the greatest story ever told. So I hope that you can understand the power of the stories and all that as well. I was so proud, maybe this will illustrate, I was so proud of my my dad last weekend. Uh, You may or may not have known, I was gone last weekend. Uh, I went with two of my sons to Nashville, Tennessee, and my parents lived there, and then we went up to... Knoxville to the University of Tennessee, because if you didn't know, my grandfather uh, was a football coach at the University of Tennessee for many years, and he was very successful, and so he was inducted into the Hall of Fame at the University of Tennessee, and so my dad is almost 88 years old, and I thought this would be a great opportunity for special family time, so I flew to Nashville, drove my dad up there, my two sons, two of my sons, uh, third one was not able to go, we all went up, and so there was like seven inductees, and so each of the inductees were given three minutes to share something, you know, as they received. And my grandfather, of course, has passed away many years ago, so my dad is accepting the award in his behalf. Uh, so guess how many people uh, of the seven that were up there stuck to their three minutes? You, you might imagine, right? And even, you know, before each one, they would give a list of their accomplishments in sports. And so they got up there and, you know, with my grandfather, they talked about all the games he won and he was a coach there and all the national championships they won and all the records and all the All-Americans and blah, 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 blah. It was a long uh, list. And, of course, we enjoyed hearing every minute of it. But anyway, that was great. But my dad did something that was really unique among all the people that were up there. I was so proud of him. He got up. First of all, he stuck to his three minutes. And you know what he did? He did one thing. He told one story from growing up as, uh, it, it, about my grandfather as his dad. And it was a very heartwarming story, an endearing story. And, cause, you know, he, and he, he explained it this way. Everybody already knew all of the facts about my grandfather and a lot of them, they may not have known all the specifics, but they knew he was very accomplished and he was very successful. But they didn't know the man. And my dad shared a story about him as his dad and him as he was a, as his son. He says, because I wanted people to know not just about my grandfather and what he accomplished. I wanted them to know who he was. That's why we have the Bible that we have. God, you know, he could have printed out like this. Can you imagine this long list of rules and do's and don'ts and all that? And there's some of that in the Bible. But as much as anything, you know, you know what we find right here? The stories that help us to know who God really is and what God really wants and what the opportunity is that we have. With God, look over in uh, Luke chapter 15. I hope I can illustrate it here for you. 
And uh, we'll talk about some practicals as we go on here. I think this has the potential to be very significant in you, for you and your life. But in Luke chapter 15, we're going to read a little bit of one of the most famous parables, short stories, that Jesus told. And some of you may have known or heard of it already. It's uh, the parable of the lost son. And sometimes people we call it the, 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 the story of the prodigal son and all that. And so I'll just summarize a lot of it because the primary point of this story is that, and this is important for all of us, God loves us more than any of us could possibly even imagine. He has an amazing, incredible, fantastic, infinite, everlasting love for us. So what's the best way to understand that? How much God loves us. Jesus said, let me tell you a story. And this story is about this father who was wealthy and he had two sons. And this younger son was really sort of uh, looking to go out and experience the world. And he was living at home and he wanted to go out and, and, and enjoy life. And yet he sort of felt trapped and he sort of felt limited there at home. And so he does something that's almost unimaginable. He goes to his dad, who seems to be still living and still in good health, and he says, I would like to receive my half of the inheritance now. He's not even dead yet. As far as we know, he's not even in the hospital. Not even sick. And the dad goes, okay, he gives him half. Well, what does the young man do? You may know the story. He goes out and spends all that money in wild living, prostitutes, partying, not in the good ways. Uh, I just want you to know I believe in, in, in partying. I love to party. You know, I just try to do, have some semblance of restraint about how I do it. And there's a right and right, there's a good and a wrong, a right and a good way to, to party as well. Okay. So you, you got the message, right? So, anyway, so he spends all of his money and now, then he's, he's broke. You know, evidently his welfare checks weren't coming in. You know, he could barely find a job, and the job he got was barely paying the bills. You know, and he was feeding pigs. And, you know, I don't know if any of you ever grew up on a farm, but, you know, that pig feeding is not a good job. So anyway, he's doing that, and he says, he comes to his sense, he says, okay. You can just see in what he says, he says, you know, I know my dad... He understandably is going to be very angry with me. He's understandably going to be very upset with me. I can't imagine that I would ever be considered a son again. But I'm just going to go back because I know from when I lived at home that even the servants that lived in my father's house were treated way and had way more than what I got right now. Were treated way better and maybe, just maybe, the father, maybe, maybe he'll... You know, let me be like one of the, the servants, one of the hired men. You know the story? And then we get to chapter 15, verse 20. And it says, while he was still, actually verse 20, we'll start first sentence. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. We'll stop there. So if you want to help somebody understand how much God loves them, which do you think is a better way to do it? You could tell them. You could maybe find a verse somewhere that says, God so loved the world and God loves you. Or you could read a story like this. What do you think would be the more effective way to share your faith? You know, I know for me personally, maybe you can relate to this. Even now, I've been a Christian for many years, but unfortunately, I disappoint God, I disappoint myself, I disappoint my friends, I disappoint my I just disappoint everybody. Sometimes it just feels like I must have gone too far. I must have moved beyond God's love and somehow His, His grace and His ability to, to care and to, to want to have a relationship and to want to connect with me and to be right with Him. Many times, even now, I go back and I read. I read a story like this. Because you see what the story does? The story touches my heart. The story is memorable. I remember that story. It's not just words on a page. Something happens. Something real. So when we need to help each other, we need to learn how to share a story. So in a practical sense... What I would say to you, if you want to be effective in helping each other with their faith, other people with their faith, the first thing you need to do is share God's story with them. Not just the Bible. Not just the truth. But deliberately look for stories in the Bible that can illustrate and help people to understand maybe the truth that they could benefit from about who God is. Share God's story. Now let's go on from there. Look over in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. Because that's not just God's story that we want to share. And hopefully I can illustrate this for you in a very practical way as we go on. One of the, uh, one of the great stories that I love is the story of this man, Paul. There's a lot of information about him in what we call the New Testament, the time that starts with Jesus and goes on after that. And some of you might know Paul is, would be widely regarded as the greatest Christian missionary. And even though he started out as a persecutor, he became not just a follower of Jesus, but a great ministry leader. And he planted churches all over the world. And he's very prominent. He wrote a lot of the letters that we have in the, in, the, in the New Testament part of our Bible that uh, were with people he knew in churches that he had started or had 
relationship with around the world. And one of the really cool things was this relationship he had with this man, Timothy. And it turns out that Timothy was much younger than Paul was. And from what we can tell, Paul met Timothy when Timothy was about 20 years old. And Paul was about 50 years old. So there's a large difference there, right? But they became just to have a wonderful relationship. And the relationship, Paul was able to help Timothy when he met him and raise him up and help him spiritually and help him grow his faith and help him become a leader and help him also be a church builder and a church planter and change the world. And they had this special relationship. So as we get here to read in 2 Timothy, we're now moving, it's about 15 years after he first met them. Timothy, Paul met Timothy. So, if you do the math, Timothy, Timothy is about 35 years old, roughly. Paul is about 65 years old. And we know from this letter to Timothy that he's near death, and evidently he did not live much longer, and he was you know, being persecuted, and he was having some uh, serious, serious issues there with physically. But then Paul writes this. Let's read here in 2 Timothy 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. I want you to stop and notice that. That's the kind of relationship they had. It was like a father and son. There was an age gap there. But it was a close connection. It was a close relationship. And we're going to read and figure out some of the reasons for that. Skip down to verse 3. I thank God whom I serve, as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So he says, I, there's a connection there. Paul says, I know who you are, Timothy. I know your story. I remember when I met you. I've eaten dinner at your house. I know your family. I know your grandmother. I know your mother. I know how you were raised. I know what kind of young man you were. I've, I've known you for a long time. I know your story, Timothy. Then look over in chapter 3. We see just as significantly the other side of that coin. As he's writing to Timothy, he says, You, Timothy, know all about, chapter 3, verse 10, You know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. You see, it wasn't just that Paul knew Timothy's story. Timothy also knew Paul's story. 
And it's even more remarkable because of the age difference between them. It was like a father-son. They were brothers in Christ. They were best friends even, I'm sure. But Paul says, you know all about me. There's, I haven't left out any parts of the story. I haven't held back anything. I've told you about the good. I've told you about the bad. I've told you about all the things that have happened to me as I've traveled around the world in all the different cities I've been in, in all the different churches, and you know the, the, the challenges that I've had. Timothy, you know my story. See, if we want to have an impact on other people's lives and help them in their faith, we need to share God's story but we also need to share our story. We need to share our story, and then we need to listen to their story. Sometimes we can be a little self-focused, and we're very excited about telling our story, but not as eager, perhaps, to hear their story and to listen to them. You know, when you tell your story, when you share from your life, when you share from your experience, it's, it's really contagious. And when you tell me your story, it makes me want to share mine. Right? You know how that works? And I shared this recently in a, in a message I gave on this. You know, maybe you can even think of how this has happened to you. Somebody starts, you start telling a story could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about Jesus or faith or whatever. And the other person is hearing your story, and it makes them think of the story. And they're so excited about their story that they interrupt you. And so they could tell their story. You ever had that happen to you? I've also done that myself, I'm afraid. But see, we crave that. That's where we find connection. That's where we build relationships. That's where our hearts can come together. And if you want to help somebody in their faith, you've got to share the kind of stories and build the kind of relationships that are going to connect you. Now, there's another, other options about sharing your faith today. Maybe you've noticed that I don't, I don't think they're so effective. Uh, not too long ago, I went to a, a King's, L.A. Kings uh, playoff game. And uh, now that was several years ago if you're keeping up because they haven't made the playoffs recently. But anyway, and so we're getting to Staples Center and it's a big crowd. It's playoffs. We're excited. We have won a couple of Stanley Cups, by the way. just think you should know that, Corey. You don't know that. Um, but we get out there, and so maybe you've seen this before. On the street corner down there, what is, where's the Staples Center? It's Figueroa and 11th. Does that sound about right, Tay? Figaro and 11th. There's a guy out there. There's thousands of people coming in. And he's got a microphone. And he's got several friends holding up signs that say, Repent or go to hell. And the guy on the microphone is screaming scriptures at every person as they walk into the Staples Center with their L.A. Kings gear on, hoping to go and cheer on a victory, right? Let me just suggest to you that that is not the most effective way to share your faith. The other thing that I've seen tried, in, you know, is maybe you've seen these tracts, you know, these little pamphlets they give out. 
And for some reason, people leave them in the bathroom stalls. And uh, I suppose they think everybody's going to end up there eventually. So I, I don't know what they're thinking. But that's another way, I guess, you could try to share your faith. Let me suggest to you that that's not the way of Jesus. Jesus believes in a personal touch. And Jesus wants us to have those kind of relationships where we can do that. And so even if even if you're not interested at all in sharing your faith, you're just interested in, 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 and you're not even interested in becoming a Christian today, if you're interested in having better relationships and drawing together and connecting and you know, having that, you need to share your stories. You need to share your stories with each other. It's rich. It's beautiful. You know, my uh, my friend Bob is here is here today, and well, you know, uh, you're you're fairly consistent. I'm, I'm going to give you that. Of course, truth is, you're probably here more than I am. But anyway, that's. It's another story. I don't know why you missed, but I'm always missing for very important reasons. But Bob and I have been a, a, a part of a very special fellowship where at least once a year, about once a year, we will travel somewhere. Usually we go to the East Coast or the South, and we spend the better part of a week just playing golf together. A bunch of our friends, and it's a golf trip, and we go, and we play golf, and that's fun. And, you know, some of you wouldn't don't want to go because if you played golf, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun for you, and it wouldn't be fun for us either. But we, we enjoy it enough, so we go and play golf. But you know what makes that? These are friends, and some of us live in L.A., like Bob and I and, and others. And, you know, Marty Fuquay is a part of that group, and Rob Cosberg is a part of that group. We've been doing this for 25 years. And there's people that live in other places, in Atlanta and Texas and we move around and, you know, around the world, and we meet together. But you know what we do most of during the week? We just hang out. We play golf. You know what we do? We tell stories. We tell stories about what's happened in our lives since the last time we got together. And we tell stories about good things that happened. And we tell stories about bad things that happened. And then we go back and we run out of things to tell about Recent to it, we start retelling the old stories. And there are some stories, and we're going to do another trip next spring, I'm sure, and Bob knows what I'm talking about. And there are certain stories that are part of our group, you know, lore, and they, they, no matter how often we get together for how many years, we keep telling the same stories. And you know what? They're just as funny the next time we tell them. And we enjoy them just as much. And we never get tired of them. And by now, the story has gone through so many iterations and so many evolutions and changes that it's, it's probably not even accurate anymore. But we just love those stories. We connect over those stories. So I want this to be as practical as possible. I want us, if you're not already doing it, I want you to grow in your effectiveness in sharing your faith by sharing more stories. Share more of God's stories. Share more of stories from your life. And listen 
Let other people tell their stories and listen to their stories. That's important. I want to give you a a special uh, assignment to consider just to help this make this practical for you. In the next week, before we come out, come back next Sunday maybe, I want you, if you are a Christian and you've decided to follow Jesus, I want you to write out your write out your conversion story in 250 words or less. Groans through the audience. See, this is my point exactly. We need to learn how to become good storytellers, and almost always that means that your story needs to be shorter. You ever known somebody who's, I mean, they're good storytellers, and we love to hear those, and the most effective speakers are storytellers, and Jesus was a great storyteller, but the most effective storyteller, their stories are short. You realize that? All those stories that Jesus, the, the longest parables that he story, I mean, these are really short. They're like, you know, less than one chapter in the Bible. They're just not that long. You ever know somebody who likes to tell stories, but then they, as they tell their story, they think of another story, and that thinks leads them to another story, and they just keep, you know, chasing rabbits, and, you know, and at some point you go, why am I talking? You know, what was I trying to communicate? Because we... We got all kinds of unnecessary details, and we get sidetracked. We need to learn how to tell a story. That's why I want you to write your conversion story in 250 words. Now, here to encourage you as an example that you can do this, I'll give you, if you want to get some tips, in Acts chapter 9, this man named Luke wrote the account of some of the things that happened in the first 30 years of Christianity. And there's third, in Acts chapter 9, he writes the account of Paul. Remember I mentioned him earlier? Paul, the great Christian missionary. He writes his conversion story. Acts chapter 9, look it up. When he writes out Paul's conversion story, guess what? It's less than 250 words. Interesting enough, as we go on, this illustrates our point today. Paul's being persecuted. Paul's being challenged. Paul's being asked for reasons for the faith that he has. And later on, in Acts chapter 22, thank you, and in Acts chapter 26, two different occasions, he tells the story of his own conversion. And you know what? It's about 250 words. So read those accounts, Acts 9, Acts 22, Acts 26, if you need some help. And the reason I want you to do this, I want you to practice. I want you to learn the skill of telling a good story. You know, Marty Fuquay is one of my favorite speakers, and you may or may not know who he is if you're visiting with us, but a lot of us know Marty, love to hear Marty speak. You know one of the reasons I love to hear him speak? He tells great stories. They're not long stories. I learn from him. I'm inspired by him. In fact, any great speaker, any great communicator, whether on a public stage or just personally, they know how to tell good stories. But they're not long stories. And they're stories that have a point. 
And they're stories that make things clear. They, some of our stories make things more confusing. We want it to be less confusing. And why are we doing this? Because the message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is good news, and it's not that complicated, and we want to be the best that we can be in sharing that with each other. And sometimes in our, in our and I'm not even saying, we may be sincere, and we may be trying hard, but we overcomplicate over the message. And we make it so, we overwhelm people with information, and they, they, don't, get, they don't get it at a heart level. One thing that will really help us is if we learn how and we share stories, let's figure out how to tell God's story. When you think about something, and I've got a friend, and I want to help Kevin, or I want to help somebody that's not yet a Christian, and I want to help them with anything. It could be repenting of sin, or understanding the importance of God's Word, or becoming, getting baptized into Christ, or whatever it is, being a follower of Jesus. What does that mean? And why is the, what is the church? Why is the church important? Find a story. From God's Word, start there. And then you know what you do? Then you share your story. And you listen to their story. And there's an opportunity, perhaps, to be even more effective in sharing our faith and helping others than we ever dreamed that we could be. What's your assignment? Share your conversion story in 250 words or less. Feel free to email me as long as it's less than 250 words. Because I don't know about you, I don't, anything, anything you email me that's longer than that, I'm probably not going to read it anyway. Feel free to email, make me a copy, share it with me. I'd love to see it. It'll be a great exercise. Let's learn how to share our stories. Tell me a story. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the uh, opportunity to learn today from Jesus. Certainly Jesus was the master storyteller. So glad that we have, God, your story, the story of Jesus available for us. Uh, so thankful for Paul's example of being a man who was so effective in his relationships and helping others in the faith who told his story and Help us to learn how to do that. Help us to imitate all that. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Have a great rest of the day.